Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we're going to talk about Jonathan Edwards, and he was a revivalist uh, during the 1700s and part of the, the Great Awakening. And Jonathan Edwards was born October 5th, 1703, and died March 22nd, 1758. Uh, was an American revivalist, preacher, philosopher, and congregationalist. Protestant theologian Edwards is widely regarded as one of America's most important and original philosophical theologians. Edwards' theological work is broad in scope, but rooted in the Petty Baptist uh, Puritan heritage and exemplified in the Westminster and Savoy Confessions of Faith. Recent studies have emphasized how thoroughly Edwards grounded his life work on conceptions of beauty, harmony, and ethical fittingness, and how central the Enlightenment, which was during the time of the Great Awakening, it was also called the Enlightenment, and it says, was this mindset, Edwards played a critical role in shaping the first Great Awakening and oversaw some of the first revivals in 1733 and 35 at, the, at his church in Northampton, Massachusetts. If I'm mistaken, they have a plaque there. You can go look at it, too, because it's still there. I don't know if it's being used or not, but I know they, it's a historical thing. His, his theological work gave rise to a distinct school of theology known as the New England Theology. And uh, one of his most famous sermons that helped change everything was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to play you that. It's like 15 minutes long, and you can uh, you can get it on YouTube. There's different versions, you know. Um, so the one I have is like 15 minutes, uh, which I think is great. Uh, plus, it'll minister to you at the same time. But just to let you know what he would sound like, it's not, you know, of course we don't have his recordings, but it's a person that they think, you know, uh, they think what he would sound like, so they have him doing it and he delivers it really the person doing it delivers it very very well so let me get to it and uh it's a good book they have to, or, um, to learn about him you can kind of you know look for books on him or his life and it's him and uh george whitfield he was an evangelist from england and he came here to the colonies around the same time in fact i believe they kind of worked together a little bit and uh, you know also preaching in the great revival but here we go. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Jonathan Edwards. of God that is expressed in the torments of hell. 
And the reason why they don't go down to hell at each moment is not because God, in whose power they are, is not then very angry with them, as angry as he is with many of those miserable creatures that he is now tormenting in hell, and do there feel and bear the fierceness of his wrath. Yea, God is a great deal more angry with great numbers that are now on earth, yea, doubtless with many that are now in this congregation, that it may be are at ease and quiet, than he is with many of those that are now in the flames of hell. Unconverted men walk over the pit of hell on a rotten covering, and there are innumerable places in this covering so weak that they won't bear their weight, and these places are not seen. The arrows of death fly unseen at noonday. The sharpest sight can't discern them. God has so many different unsearchable ways of taking wicked men out of the world and sending them to hell that there is nothing to make it appear that God had need to be at the expense of a miracle or go out of the ordinary course of his providence to destroy any wicked man at any moment. So that thus it is that natural men are held in the hand of God over the pit of hell. They have deserved the fiery pit and are already sentenced to it. And God is dreadfully provoked. His anger is as great towards them as to those that are actually suffering the executions of the fierceness of his wrath in hell, and they have done nothing in the least to appease or abate that anger, neither is God in the least bound by any promise to hold him up one moment. The devil is waiting for them. Hell is gaping for them. The flames gather and flash about them and would fain lay hold on them and swallow them up. The fire pent up in their own hearts is struggling to break out and they have no interest in any mediator. There are no means within reach that can be any security to them. In short, they have no refuge, nothing to take hold of. The bow of God's wrath is bent, and the arrow made ready on the string, and justice bends the arrow at your heart and strains the bow. And it is nothing but the mere pleasure of God and that of an angry God without any promise or obligation at all that keeps the arrow one moment from being made drunk with your blood. Thus are all you that never passed under a great change of heart by the mighty power of the Spirit of God upon your souls. All that were never born again and made new creatures and raised from being dead in sin to a state of new and before altogether unexperienced light and life 
However, you may have reformed your life in many things and may have had religious affections and may keep up a form of religion in your families and closets and in the house of God and may be strict in it. You are thus in the hands of an angry God. Tis nothing but his mere pleasure that keeps you from being this moment swallowed up in everlasting destruction. The God that holds you over the pit of hell much as one holds a spider or some loathsome insect over the fire abhors you and is dreadfully provoked. His wrath towards you burns like fire. He looks upon you as worthy of nothing else but to be cast into the fire. He is all purer eyes than to bear to have you in his sight. You are ten thousand times so abominable in his eyes as the most hateful, venomous serpent is in ours. You have offended him infinitely more than ever a stubborn rebel did his prince. And yet tis nothing but his hand that holds you from falling into the fire every moment. Tis to be ascribed to nothing else that you did not go to hell the last night that you were suffered to awake again in this world after you closed your eyes to sleep. And there is no other reason to be given why you have not dropped into hell since you arose in the morning, but that God's hand has held you up. There is no other reason to be given why you have not gone to hell since you have sat here in the house of God provoking his pure eyes by your sinful, wicked manner of attending his solemn worship. Yea, there is nothing else that is to be given as a reason why you don't this very moment drop down into hell. Oh, sinner, consider the fearful danger you are in. Tis a great furnace of wrath. A wide and bottomless pit, full of the fire of wrath that you are held over in the hand of that God whose wrath is provoked and incensed as much against you as against many of the damned in hell, you hang by a slender thread with the flames of divine wrath lashing about it and ready every moment to singe it and burn it asunder. And you have no interest in any mediator and nothing to lay hold of to save yourself, nothing to keep off the flames of wrath, nothing of your own, nothing that you ever have done, nothing that you can do to induce God to spare you one moment. Tis everlasting wrath. It would be 
dreadful to suffer this fierceness and wrath of Almighty God one moment. But you must suffer it to all eternity. There will be no end to this exquisite, horrible misery. When you look forward, you shall see a long forever, a boundless duration before you, which will swallow up your thoughts and amaze your soul, and you will absolutely despair of ever having any deliverance, any end, any mitigation, any rest at all. You will know certainly that you must wear out long ages, millions of millions of ages in wrestling and conflicting with this almighty merciless vengeance. And then when you have so done, when so many ages have actually been spent by you in this manner, you will know that all is but a point to what remains, so that your punishment will indeed be infinite. What the state of a soul in such circumstances is. All that we can possibly say about it gives but a very feeble, faint representation of it. Tis inexpressible and inconceivable. For who knows the power of God's anger? How dreadful is the state of those that are daily and hourly in danger of this great wrath and infinite misery. But this is the dismal case of every soul in this congregation that has not been born again, however moral and strict, sober and religious they may otherwise be. And now you have an extraordinary opportunity, a day wherein Christ has flung the door of mercy wide open and stands in the door calling and crying with a loud voice to poor sinners, a day wherein many are flocking to him and pressing into the kingdom of God. Many are daily coming from the east, west, north, and south. Many that were very lately in the same miserable condition that you are in, are in now an happy state, with their hearts filled with love to him that has loved them and washed them from their sins in his own blood and re 
rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. How awful is it to be left behind at such a day, to see so many others feasting while you are pining and perishing. To see so many rejoicing and singing for joy of heart, while you have cause to mourn for sorrow of heart, and howl for vexation of spirit. How can you rest one moment in such a condition? Therefore, let everyone that is out of Christ now awake and fly from the wrath to come. Wow, that's powerful, powerful. And you can find that on YouTube. And it's... Uh, it's in parentheses, best version, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Jonathan Edwards. Very, very good. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, let me read you some scripture since we heard some good preaching today. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. First John chapter one verse one uh, verse nine says that's First John one and nine in New Testament. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Last scripture, Romans chapter ten verse nine through ten and thirteen says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made in salvation. And verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, let me take you through the a good person test. Have you ever lied? Don't matter how long ago with a child, one time, white lie, whatever, a lie is a lie to God. God's standards are higher than our standards. So, therefore, so if you committed that, and we all have, then that makes you a liar. And me too, liar. Well, back then. Um, have you ever stolen anything? I mean, no matter how long ago, because everything right now is in the past that we say. Like right now, everything I'm saying right now is in the past, the next second. Um, so have you ever uh, borrowed a pencil or a pen and didn't bring it back? That's stealing. According to God, you've stolen. That's just how it is. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter how long ago, because time has no end. Uh, I was listening to Ray Comfort on one of his uh, his videos on YouTube, and he was uh, and he was uh, describing how time really has uh, has no end because he said uh, even here on Earth, you know, like uh, they they had arrested a, a Nazi leader who was uh, who did some of the uh, the horrific crimes. In, uh, the in the 1940s during the Nazi reign in Germany and and they captured him. It was like in the 90s, 80s or 90s and he was very old, but they still, um, they uh, had a, they had court and found him guilty and then he paid some time. I think they put him in prison for a while. I mean, they had much life left. 
But it just goes to show you, you know, uh, time really has no meaning for God. It's eternity. So, so therefore, and have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, uh, we've already committed adultery in our hearts. And that's found in the New Testament. Have you ever hated anyone? According to God. According to the Bible, it says, um, if we hate anyone, we've already committed murder in our hearts. So you see, God's standards are so high. We can't keep it. That's why Christ had to come, and he became the bridge. See, before you come to Christ, you're on the other side of a bridge, but you can't cross it because there's, because there's no connecting part to the other side of the bridge. But Jesus was that connecting part. When he came, and over 2,000 years ago, and he was here for three, three and a half years, preaching the good news, the gospel is what good news means. And he was preaching about how to go to heaven through him. Then he paid the price that we should have paid. Like if you go to court and you have tickets, the judge says, um, you got to pay this much and you don't have the money and you're going to jail. Someone you don't know comes along, pays the fine. Now the judge can legally let you go because someone paid the fine. That's what Christ did. He paid our fine to the Heavenly Father because he's a holy and righteous God of the universe. And he demanded payment for our sins. So Christ came. And he allowed himself to be taken by the religious leaders who were very wicked. Uh, they gave him to the Romans. He was beaten with whips that had metal and bone on the ends. So when it, it hit you, just ripped your skin apart. And blood was everywhere, skin everywhere. And then they made him carry a gigantic wooden cross to a, a hill called Golgotha. And they put nails in his hand and his feet and hung him in the way that you have to Lift yourself up to breathe with your, your knees, but after a while you get weak and you just suffocate and die. And if you don't die, they come along and they just break your legs so you will suffocate and die. Horrific death, he did it. And before Jesus, because he died on his own, and before he gave up the ghost and died, he said, it is finished, which meant the payment has been completed. He finished paying the payment we should have had. So now we can come by faith believing. So how do we get saved? Well, realize you've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. We need to be sorrowful in heart, knowing that if we were to die in our sins, that means without repentance and giving our life to Christ, we would, we would go straight to hell. But if you want to go to heaven, you come to God with a sorrowful heart and say, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. I know I've broken your, your moral law, the Ten Commandments. Forgive me. And then transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone, as you would... Uh, parachute if you're in a plane about to crash and the rest of them didn't believe they were, were crashing and but you got a parachute put it on you're holding on for dear life everybody's making fun of you and all like that but you don't care because it's going to save you from the jump to come jesus saves you from the judgment to come you see and that's how it works and let's pray heavenly father those listening to this podcast i ask you to minister to the hearts if they're already a believer strengthen them it, it, in you, Lord, and if they don't know you, Father God, actually convict their hearts and help them to understand clearly that they need you as Lord and Savior if they want to go to heaven because you're exclusive, not inclusive. We got to go your way, not our way, or any way that people claim to have. Okay, now um, resources. You watch on YouTube, Living Waters with Ray Comfort. Uh, go to his. Uh, to his website, livingwaters.com, okay, and Astros in Genesis with Ken Ham, and that's Astros in Genesis.org. And all this is on YouTube, and go to the websites. Uh, see, Wall Builders, David Borton, wallbuilders.com, Dr. Walter Morton, waltermorton.com. You can also go to uh, the TT, TCT Network, 
you can just go online and put TCT Network and it'll pop it up. And there's three shows that are really good and help you in your faith and your walk. Uh, faith and History with William Federer, fantastic. And he goes over Christian faith and the faith of history and around the world. Ancient, Jew and Wisdom, Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And his wife Susan Lappin It's really good. They, they go in details about the Old Testament. And another one is Journey Through the Bible with Jimmy Snow. Really fantastic and good. Now, let me give you some other information. If you want to support us or just write us, um, the email address is BibleEducationInstitute at gmail.com. Phone number is 910-747-5215. Our mailing address is 624 Tivola Road. Tivola is spelled T-Y-V-O-L-A. Suite 103-166, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28217. And any support that you would like to give, it would be very much appreciated. Also, please watch on YouTube, uh, 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Weiss. Fantastic. Blow your mind. All right. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. God bless you. And until the next time.